Jason, you and I were having this conversation about students' beliefs and behaviors, and the question arose, what would we want our youth group students to behave like having come through our ministry? Yeah, originally it was like, what do we want them to believe? And then it was kind of this, let's look at their behaviors. What are we ultimately wanting them to behave like when they leave our ministry? Is is that a valid question to ask? Here's what we're going to do in this episode. We want you to think about this. If you were to make your own list of what behaviors would I want to see exhibited in my students once they graduate and part of our ministry, what would be on your list? We're going to share our list, but we want to think with you today about what would be on your list for students' behaviors once they graduate out of your ministry. I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. Well, we've been looking at this research in our last episode And we're glad to have you with us today. We're continuing a conversation. We started last episode where we talked about a direct look and hearing from students themselves about their behaviors and how their beliefs affect their behaviors. What we want to do today is talk about strictly what would we, if we could pick this ideal student that would graduate from ministry, what what kind of things would they do and how would they behave? For us that are in a faith-based ministry, we believe in Jesus and we are wanting to exude that faith to our students. We can be so focused on the beliefs of the faith, but the conversation kind of started like, we can look at the beliefs, but ultimately does that uh, dictate or does that influence our behaviors? And so what behaviors would we want them to have if they believe in Jesus Christ? Now the pendulum always swings back and forth between things. And I think growing up for me, kind of the old school experience was, it was really focused on behavior. You need to act this way. And then it became, and I think now we're still on the other side where we've we've swung over into the belief side. Here's what you need to believe. I, I recently heard a pastor in my church, a good friend of mine, Kyle Brown, he said this about belief and behavior. He said, we're always so focused on belief. And he said, I would tell people that when Jesus came to people, he didn't say, believe in me. He said, follow me. Mm-hmm. And so what I would what I would say to you today as you're listening to this to frame this is you may think well it's deeper than behaviors I want my I don't I don't want behavior management we get right, that we totally. totally get that but what we're saying is behaviors do matter and when we're working with students I think sometimes this may sound really uh, the opposite of what you might be thinking but I would challenge you to consider this thought sometimes we need to we need to talk about behaviors in a way that is more legalistic. And you know, when I think about this, when I think about Dave Ramsey, Dave Ramsey, when he approaches his audience, he says, this is what you do. And he always gives the same answer. Now, I've always thought, I, I would like to pull him behind the scenes and and say, all right, what, you know, would you really truly recommend your, your advice and your pattern of getting, you know, financially free to every single scenario? Now, maybe he would say, as my guess is, if you got him, in a candid moment, he might say, well, it's not maybe exactly one size fits all, but he's saying this is what you need to do. And I really believe, Jason, that as 
youth workers working with students, shaping the minds and the hearts and behaviors of students. We need to be thinking about addressing behaviors that we're seeing in students and just talking about it. Another thing that Jesus said was, if you love me, obey my commands. And so there's this piece of if we are calling them to follow Jesus out of the love that we have for him, what are the commands that he exhibits and and talks about in general that that would influence our behaviors? Obviously, there's there's that tension from belief and behaviors. The book of James is all about behavior Mm -hmm. and we can focus on beliefs. I think beliefs are important. Behaviors are important. So. Just give us a little umbrella of grace in this episode and go with us as we as we kind of maybe err on the side of behavior a little bit. We're going to talk about what behaviors we think we would choose if we were to make our own list, if Jason and I were running our own youth ministry together. And before we get into that, we want to tell you about two quick important things that are happening that you need to know about. One is Claim Your Campus 2020. This is an event that's a once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-generation event that's happening July 4th weekend, 2020, in Kansas. It's a gathering. It's not going to be live-streamed. It's a student event where we're calling students from 10,000 schools all across the United States to gather on this field in Kansas to meet with God and to be inspired and equipped to go bring change back to their school campus. I can't wait for this event to happen, Jason. I agree. And another event that we are are going to have this summer is NCS Camp. We are gathered around the country in multiple states. And so if you go to ncscamp.com, you can see where we are located, where we will be located this summer. If you are still looking to add a camp for your summer schedule, we are more than willing to accept you at one of these locations. So contact us at info at ncscamp.com. We would love to get you connected at one of these sites. So come visit us. If you want to check it out and want to see it ahead of time, come stop by. Let us know. We'll put you up. We'll feed you. We'll be all across the country this summer traveling for NTS Camp and Claim Your Campus 2020. So we hope to see you there. All right. Let's look at our list, Jason. We put these in no particular random order. Again, this is a list of things that as we started having this conversation, we said, what would be certain behaviors that we would want to see in our students that they picked up as value behaviors from us in our ministry. Yeah, it uh, again stems from the beliefs, but because of this belief, they now are exhibiting these behaviors in their life in in the area that is associated with this belief. And so the first one that we had was generosity. We, we'd love to see students be generous with their resources, their talents, their time, and be willing to give themselves away as as they are gifted, as they grow and they have those resources and they, they have time to give to go, I will sacrifice my resources and my time to be able to give to somebody else and be generous with, with that. So that would include giving a tithe to a right. ministry. That would include you know giving your offerings and being, being generous not only to other ministries but to people in need. You know, the scripture talks a lot about the needs of the poor. So those are important issues and things we want them to be thinking about. But generosity. Second one is discipline. And we we would want students to be disciplined in their daily lives. And there are two things that come to mind for us. These are probably going to be, you already probably know what we're going to say here. Ooh, ooh, let me guess. Yeah, <laughs> Bible engagement 
and prayer as a part of their daily routine in their life. And that's those are those are small but significant spiritual disciplines that that we feel are are very very important for students to be exhibiting in their lives and um, we think that those daily disciplines would be at the towards the top or at the top of our list when we think about what we want students to do. Another term for being disciplined would be faithful. Faithfulness in a sense of exhibiting that faithfulness every day they are they are in prayer or reading the Bible, coming into the presence of God. But in the little things that they're doing, they are faithful, showing their faithfulness to God. And that's another way to, to describe being disciplined. The third one was uplifting, uh, using your words to speak well of other people, to encourage, to, to lift uh, other people up more than you in the sense that you see them as, as valuable and to say, I will not degrade them. I will not lower their value. I will not shun them. I will lift them up in, in the words that I use. So let me ask you, Jason, is it uplifting or uplifting? Which one? Uplifting? Yeah, you said uplifting. Uplifting. I would want them to be uplifting. That's where we might differ a little bit. Uplifting. You would want them to be uplifting. I would be. Well, I would want them to be uplifting. Uplifting. Exactly. I... I am uplifting. And I up, I'm uplifting. I'm uplifting. Different in phosis. <laughs> and here's the thing about this this concept of, of being uplifting is it's this idea of it's being a unifier. What we're finding is in, in our world of social media, in our world of critiques and reviews, we can tend to be so critical. You know, this is a thing for me lately, and I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast, but I've made a commitment to never degrade anyone publicly, whether it be, you know, on a physical platform or on a social media platform of any kind that I just don't want to be someone to stand up and speak negatively about anybody. I'm talking about politicians and ministry leaders and other people, whoever it might be. I just don't think there's room for that in my life. And however, a few months ago, I felt really convicted I felt like God really spoke to me about this moment and said, Jeff, you do that publicly, but you don't always do it privately. And so I've made that decision, that commitment in my own personal and private life to never speak negatively about anyone else. And I've, I've just noticed such a change in my life. I catch myself probably pretty much every day, but just to refrain from saying anything negative about anyone. My mind goes back to what Janine said in our episode about the 50th anniversary of the Asbury revival. She had an opportunity to criticize the president of Asbury, but instead she chose to pray for him. And there is that choice between we can be so critical of everything around us. We can find some fault in anything and everything, regardless of stature or status or where you find yourself in society. We can be so critical and yet you know we we are saying are you willing to flip that and be uplifting and encouraging uplift uplifting, uplifting i'm now I would self-conscious about how i say uplifting as you should be so and i think it's just important in our world today and as believers as you know lights that are lighting up a city on a hill we need to be people that that really are not only being positive i was going to say being positive but it's more than that it's it's really being unifying, being uplifting in, in what we say and what we do. All right. Uplifting. Yeah. Honest is the next one. So our fourth thing on the list would be 
honesty. We want students in our ministry that are honest, honest in the way they speak, honest in the way they behave. You know, the scripture talks in old school terms about using, you know, honest scales, you know, and uh, so not cheating people, but just being honest as a person. Telling the truth when you are speaking about something, there's no question the words coming out of your mouth is a truth that you don't have to try to navigate lies and all that stuff. And I think that would be a behavior that we would want our students to enter the, the adult world telling the truth. Because if you, if you compromise that, then how do you start to talk about the truth, the big T truth of Jesus when your, your other words are filled with lies? All right. Number five, number five is pure. Uh, we can, easily or be more focused on the sexual aspect of being pure, but God calls us to be holy as he is holy. And so in a lot of avenues, we are wanting these students to be pure in thought, in mind, but also sexually as well. And being pure in a world, and and the world today is no different. I don't think it's necessarily, you know, quote unquote, any spiritually dirtier than it's ever been. I think we've always lived in that world. I think about the conversation that Jesus had with Peter when he wanted to wash his feet. Peter's like, you know, no, I don't want you doing that. And he goes, well, if your feet aren't pure, then you have nothing to do with me. And he said, well, then, you know, wash my head and my hands as well and, and everything. And and Jesus says, you know, you've already been cleansed. You've already been pure, but you, you're walking in a dirty world. I think about it even back then. You know, they walked around in their sandals. Jason, a.k.a. Lord Boards. Lord Boards. That's what we used to call them. Mm. And, you know, their feet would pick up just the natural dust and dirt from the world. And so that's one of the reasons they washed feet. It was just your just feet got dirty. And I believe what Jesus is saying there is you're going to live in the world. You're going to be dirty. But there's a call to purity that we see throughout Scripture, and we want to see that in students' lives. It's being set apart as well. And when you are set apart and following God, you are not exposing yourself to some of the things of this world that— would be impure, what he classifies as impure. Now, as we're talking about these common core behaviors of youth ministry, we want you to continue to think, what would be on your list? And then we're going to get into this later, but just a little precursor here. Not only what's on your list, but what are you doing to reinforce those behaviors right now in your ministry? So when we come back, we're going to talk about our last five. Continuing on this list of what we're calling common core behaviors in youth ministry, number six, discerning. We would want students that are discerning in the things that they look at and listen to and also in how they think. We live in a world where there's so much information out there. The information's endless, and it's having a discerning mind and heart when it comes to the information the things they hear and experience. There's so many lies being told. Scripture says that Satan is the father of lies. So we know that's one of his great attacks against us. And so it's being discerning to have a biblical worldview, but also being discerning and being careful 
about movies, music, media, websites, all the things that we take in in our world being discerning. What comes to mind is the word wisdom. Having the wisdom to, to, to discern, is this good for me in my life? Is this good for my thoughts? Is this good for my relationship? Is this a wise choice? And so having that discerning ability in the decisions that you make, you mentioned movies and uh, TV shows and music and relationships, you, you need that discerning of the wisdom because you go, it's having the vision far beyond the, the days of your life, but the years and decades and going, is this going to set me up for a good life in the future if I were to make this decision now? The next one is evangelistic. Evangelistic would be sharing their faith and having the confidence in their faith to be able to have conversations and share their faith with, with conviction. And it's a behavior of what Jesus calls us to do to make disciples and not just be a disciple, but to make disciples as well. And that would be an evangelistic aspect of behavior that, that they are having those conversations and they're approaching people without shying away from having those, those faith type of talks evangelism, whatever you want to call it, outreach, sharing your faith, different words. Some people think evangelism is a bad word, whatever. It's it's this idea of sharing your faith. It's not necessarily something that would rise to the top of a lot of people's lists, and we know that. It's not necessarily a popular thing. In fact, some people would say, I think it's against my beliefs to, to, to share uh, your faith with someone who doesn't share your same ideas. But for you and I, Jason, that's a shared value we have. We think it's important we think that it's one of the top priorities for us. If we were, you and I were running youth ministry together, we'd say we want students coming out, understanding why sharing their faith is important and knowing how to do it. That's another thing. It's not just not just believing it, but we're talking about behaviors here. So we're saying we want students that will, will be actively sharing their faith. So I'm going to do a quick review to bring us up. We, we've gotten through seven here. Generosity, discipline, uplifting, honest, pure, discerning, evangelistic. All right, number eight is aware. We want them to be aware of God's presence and purpose in their life. And this goes to a conversation you and I have this season with Dave Butts, who shared a teaching with our staff that we thought was so amazing that we wanted to share it here, so it's in this season. And that conversation, I think just heightened our awareness you and i jason of why this is an important value as a behavioral mindset it's being sensitive to god's presence but also his voice in our life when he speaks are we are we aware of that in the quietness the stillness of of our lives are we taking time to be aware of his presence and and going is is god speaking is this god's voice in and knowing his word enough to and and his voice enough to be able to say yes this is god speaking to me prompting something in my life to change whether it's through conviction or just a truth that is revealed to us and and being aware of it instead of being so distracted in our lives that we are unaware of god's presence all right number nine number nine is respectful i think that would be something that at how we treat anybody we treat them with respect. And that's something that is maybe a, a term that across the board is used 
culturally, but I think we also want, want students to walk away from our ministry, being able to approach any walk of life and treat them with respect that Jesus had when he approached people. And it wasn't, you're different, so I'm going to treat you differently. It was regardless of who you are, I'm going to show love. Doesn't always mean I'm going to agree with you. It doesn't mean what you believe and agree with is what I believe and agree with, but we can respect people in how we talk and using the truth with love. And I think this idea of being respectful, like you're saying, Jason, that that's kind of a, a cultural buzzword and idea today, uh, you know, respect everyone. And it's true and it's biblical, but it's coming from a deeper place as a Christ follower. It's coming from a place where we recognize in everyone that Imago Dei, the image of God, we see and within people that that image, they are an image bearer of their creator. And so therefore that has just earned uh, our respect to them just simply because they're made in God's image and they're no better or worse than we are. We're all beings made in the image of God. And that respect idea comes out obviously in a world where there's it's hard to discern for students how you can be respectful of someone and disagree. But I think also there's wisdom in knowing when and how to interact with people that you disagree with. And there's respect in that, in knowing that other people may believe something completely different. You can still do that and still be respectful to them. We live in a world where you have to earn respect. So it's this, this well, I'm not going to show you respect because I don't respect what you think or or anything like that. I don't respect who you are. And so I am immediately going to turn you off or immediately turn you away. We live in that world where you have to prove that I'm respect worthy in somebody's life. Like, hey, look at what I can do or look what I my abilities or this is what I believe. So now I fit into this camp and, and all this stuff. And and it's going the opposite and saying I'm regardless of where you land or what you believe and, and who you are. Yeah, well, like you said, we are made in the image of God. We are created in, in in God's family, so we need to have that level of respect, the same respect that God has for his children. What's such a great example of this concept of respect is the movie, recent movie that came out, Won't You Be My Neighbor, about Fred Rogers and his interaction with someone who was um, a critic, a writer, who came to do a story and was changed just by the fact that Fred Rogers showed him such great respect, even like you said, Jason, when he hadn't earned it. And I think we see that as we hear about a guy like Fred Rogers. And man, wouldn't it be amazing to think that every student in our youth group would would walk out of our doors into adulthood and treat everyone with great respect? How amazing would that be to consider what the ramifications of our ministry could be? could do to multiply that into the world. And number 10 is committed. And we're talking about committed. We're talking about specifically being committed to the church. We're talking about big C church and little C church here. We're talking about them being committed to being a part of the body of believers, the body of Christ and a local church. We think that it would be absolutely critical for our students to understand that being committed to a community of believers 
is so important for their success in following Jesus. We are so accustomed to thinking that church is a building and that you just show up and you listen to a message and you sing some songs and you do some activities and that's it. And that's, that's good, but it's the gathering of believers. It's what happens when a group of believers get together and as well as what the purpose of the church is of expanding God's kingdom and bringing the good news to other people and bringing his love into situations that are very dark and that light needs to be shined in, in places that there's evil and God's uh, bride, the church is to be his extension on earth, you know, as it is in heaven. I heard a pastor once who, who led a church of thousands and who counseled thousands of people and he talked about in all those conversations, the hundreds and hundreds of conversations with people that have fallen away from their faith, they all had one common denominator, and it was this. They stopped attending church. Now, that sounds simple. It sounds legalistic. But I, I know I've seen that in people that I've connected with throughout my life, that that's where it begins. They become less committed to that regular routine, that rhythm of gathering with the local church, with the body of believers, whatever that looks like. It might be in a house or whatever, but I'm not talking about sitting on your couch and live streaming a service. I'm talking about being committed to be there as a part of a body of believers. That was the list of 10 behaviors that we came up with that we thought if we were to see a student depart from our ministry, these are the behaviors that we would want them to exhibit. You can come up with your own list. We even encourage you to spend some time thinking what are the behaviors that would be ideal in a student that is is a part of your ministry but also leaving your ministry and entering the the world of adulthood and and maybe your list would be different that'd be totally fine with us we were wanting to just exhibit what we thought would be good behaviors in a student a lot of you probably if you're a ministry leader you have a list whether it's written or unwritten you probably have one in your head it would be a really interesting exercise for you personally and to sit down with your students and or adults and maybe some of your core leaders and say, what's our common core? What would we put down on our list? What would I put down on my list and compare those? And you might even compile that into a something that could be a strategic document for your ministry. But I'm going to press you here on this as we, as we consider all this is whatever's on your list, if you're putting it on there, put some teeth to it. And I'll give you an example. So if you're saying, I want my students to be evangelistic, then are you providing opportunities for them to learn how to do that? And are you promoting that behavior? Are you reinforcing that Bible engagement? If you want them to be disciplined in prayer and Bible reading, and I'll say again, we've talked about it many times in this podcast, we offer this resource, Soul Exercises. But that's a way to get students engaged in the Bible that connects to your ministry. It could be with something like that. But it's one thing to say it, right, Jason, and say, yeah, th these are behaviors we want, but then it's a whole nother leadership level to be able to go, not only are we saying that, but we're actually putting our money where our mouth is and we're providing ways to help reinforce that behavior. My wife asked me once, how do you, how do you teach patience in a child? And you can't just talk about it. You have to show it. You have to believe in it enough that it's, you're willing to allow it to be one of the common aspects of your household. Are you living out that way in order for your students to, to glean off of your own behaviors as well? So what would be on your list of behaviors? I wanna challenge you to sit down 
to take whatever might be unwritten in your mind and just write it out. It'd be a great exercise. And again, what we do to shape not only the beliefs, but also the behaviors of students is so critical in what we do. And we want to thank you again. Those of you that are involved in the lives of students, we want to say thank you. The work you do, it might not be noticed by many. It might You may feel underpaid, underappreciated, undervalued. But we just want to say thank you because you're making a difference in the lives of students. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.